Hi, I'm Madeline, and you're listening to Little Asian Big World. This is my private journal, except it's not really that private anymore because I put it on the internet. For this entry, I wanted to talk about something um, a little more personal, I guess. Uh, My spiritual life. I have been slacking in this last month. I have not been consistent, and I have been really just in a season and a little rut actually a little rut of lukewarmness because I don't faith isn't based off of your feelings and I let my faith be based off of my feelings and I was not obedient and I've not been consistent and just present with God lately in this last month and even in that he has shown me a lot of different things and grown me in different ways that I, you don't even realize until you look back. Ooh, that was my arm. If you heard that, it popped. But it's really interesting and just overwhelming to see that he still takes care of me even when I'm not there myself 100%. He's still here. And it's just a great reminder that he's always present. And that's something I've always learned. So I have some of my favorite notes or little things that I've written down from sermons or from my quiet time or from a Wednesday night type deal, but I just wanted to share some of them and kind of open up about what I've learned even in a season of lukewarmness, a little rut of inconsistency, so to speak. So I'll just get started. We are in a constant need of Christ, whether we know it or not. And You see all these people trying to fill their lives with things like people, relationships, status, drugs, alcohol, attention, uh, anything really. But you you don't ever really realize what you need until you have it. And I, I fell back into that same cycle of sinfulness and just re- kind of looking elsewhere and looking to myself for fulfillment, and that's not right. And I just kind of realized that I'm in a constant need of Christ, just like everybody else, and that He, again, is the only way I'll be completely satisfied. And I guess we all need to learn that lesson again and again every once in a while, because that's a big one. I don't think we'll ever fully comprehend things like that until we're much older or, you know, Jesus does come back and we're in heaven and we get to worship him forever, which is super cool. Like, that's just so freeing that we don't have to worry about anything else. We're sitting in complete peace and love and kindness and goodness and complete, utter perfectness with the one who created us and loves us and desires us every single day, every single moment even when we're not there, like wanting him back 100%. That's super crazy to me because when, this is just super cliche, but whenever I, someone does something to me that I don't like, I immediately am just shut down. Like I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to see them. When I do see them, I get a little mm, passive aggressive, bitter, snappy, uh, a few words to name. I'm not a patient person. I am very angry. I've 
talk to my friends and they were like, yeah, for a long time, we didn't think you felt anything but like anger and rage. I was like, honestly, I was going through a rough patch. I see <laughs> where, the, where you could have seen that because it was really bad. But I think I'm getting a little bit better and holding my temper and being a little more patient. That is not on my own doing. But I just don't ever, you know, listening is love. That's the next Thing. You don't ever think of listening and just hearing and being someone that someone can talk to. A friend, a colleague, peer, your well, yeah, your parents. Because every once in a while you just need to sit down and talk and listen. You know, you don't realize that how much that can do for a person and how much they need that release. They don't really realize how much they need that release. And it's just really, it's really a special thing and you don't ever think of it as a way to love somebody. He is near always, no matter how far we move. Again, going back to it, he's pursuing us constantly. He desires to be with us, which is super crazy because I'm awful. To break it down, I'm super sinful, just like the rest of us. Every single day, I do something wrong that I could have done better or I could have done more Christ-like. And I made a comment, thoughts, actions, whatever. And yet, despite all that, he still loves me and he wants to pursue me every single day. And he does. That's just, like, mind-boggling to me. I really like that word, boggling. I'm probably going to use that soon in real life and maybe on here some more. But just the more you think about it, you think, why does he want me? Why does he want anybody here? Because people suck. I'm going to be honest. People are not the greatest. We are fallen from sin but yet he has redeemed us, and that's, I don't know, it's just, like, super cool, the idea that the creator of the universe, and the stars, and the galaxies, and the planets, and the, all the different things, he called that good, but he called us very good, I don't know, that's just some, some food for thought, maybe it's not food for thought for you, but it, it is for me, what are you going to be remembered by? Give thanks for the bold who love Christ. If you love Christ, you love him openly. That's something I've struggled with because you don't ever want to be at a place. You don't ever want to be different. You want to fit in. You want to go in the shadows against the wall and you just want to exist and you maybe have a little rebellious moment and have a little attention and then move on. But Christians are called to be different and persecution is promised. And if we aren't, openly loving people and openly loving Christ, then we aren't being obedient. And that's something that I, again, have not been good at. I have a quick temper. I have, I snap really easily. And I, I'm just not the most approachable and loving and openly just caring, I guess. Um, sweet and nice is not, they're not adjectives adverbs you would use to describe me I have not never you know when you ask people to describe you those two never come up and that's something I'm working on it's just being an approachable person so then I can go and be more so a vessel and be so much more obedient and um yeah how are you gonna what are you gonna be remembered by you know the truly rich are truly wise because they fear the Lord. When you hear this, you hear fear and you're like, this idea of like this big giant deity, just scary and fire and all this other stuff. And he's just hovering over you with like 
flames and I don't know fire just seems to be a recurring theme in my mind and you're just sitting there cowering and wanting to die that's not what that means it means a reverence a respect just like knowing God's place and knowing yours play your place and it's that it sets the tone for a lot of things it opens a lot of doors for you and it, lots of realizations once you realize how holy he is but yet again he this mind-boggling to me I think I've mentioned this like 12 times and I will not stop mentioning it because he is so holy and good and merciful and gracious that he continues to want me and you and he wants to live in us in our hearts and he wants to make us better and not just leave us high and dry on the side of the road True knowledge and wisdom are unlike and against our human nature. So, true knowledge and wisdom come from Christ and Christ alone. And everything that the Bible preaches goes against just about everything we are told to be from the world. From the world, we are told how to how to look, what to do, how to how to speak, who to hang out with, who to not hang out with, how to treat other people, how to treat yourself, how to put yourself above others, how to but at the same time belittle yourself, how to I don't know, just do every single thing in your life, how to think, how to speak, how to how to act, how to just exist and not actually live. And that's not what it's every single thing is opposing what Christ tells us to be. He tells us to be good and patient and humble and loving and kind towards others and put Christ before ourselves and to deny ourselves and that our old self is dead and in him we are new and in him we are resurrected and we are redeemed. That's not what the world preaches. The world preaches that you are good enough but you're not good enough only if you look a certain way, only if you act a certain way, only if you hang around a certain people, only if you have a certain amount of achievements only if your parents are x y and z you know that's not what we want to fit in but we are again called to be different and it's okay to be different it's okay to be different in christ next little note hope is blind and powerful hope is complete trust in something you cannot see what do you have hope in is it like a relationship? Is it hope that he will continue to grow you and redeem you and test you? I heard, this is kind of like off topic, but it came into my mind. I was listening to Sadie Robertson's podcast and she had this girl come on and she was like, I consider my walk with Christ a dance because I am imperfect and in my growth, I'm going to stumble because I'm human. And when you dance, you go to the front and then you go to the side and it's not the same amount of steps every time and you go back and forth into the side and up to the front and you spin and you do all these things it's like a dance with Christ and you have complete reliance on him because you have this picture of a father and a daughter or a father and a son and you're dancing in the kitchen but the child is standing on the father's feet in complete reliance of the father to move them in his strength alone and that was such a like that was so cool for me to hear about to kind of put it in that in that perspective because when you think about growth it's always go 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 and yes of course like you want to grow but also 
it was important for me to acknowledge that I'm human and that I'm going to stumble, but he'll pick me back up and he will continue growing me and moving me and doing all these different things and he'll do the same for you. And so that was really cool. I really liked that. Don't fear your persecutors. We are promised persecution so many times in the Bible. And we still act surprised. The The God of the universe was persecuted. He was uh, crucified on a cross. And we are still shocked that we face any kind of obstacle. What makes us so entitled that we're better than Yahweh? I am. Elohim. Uh, just like, what entitles us to be more? We are far from more. We are beyond less, actually, because, you know, we're just sinful, but he's come to save us and he's redeemed us. He's redeemed me, and that's something I need to be more vocal about because why would I be so hateful and just rude to not tell somebody that I've been changed and that there is something beyond death for me something beyond hell and fire and just living it up now you know you only will live once no I've been like I've been saved I've been kept from an eternity of suffering and dying with no relief and why would I keep that to myself? Why would you keep that to yourself? Like, what would make you hate somebody so much that you wouldn't even try? You wouldn't even plant that seed because at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about planting that seed and being obedient and sharing Christ, going and making disciples of all nations. But that doesn't mean it's up to you. That means you plant the seed and you pray over it and you continue to show his love and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control and then he can move from there. It's not up to you. It's up to you to plant the seed. And it's up to you to show Christ. And you can't do anything more. And you can't do anything less as a Christian. Belonging is God's gift to us. We so often feel like we're, like we're out of place. Like there's nowhere for us. Like we are just complete strangers floating on a rock. We're just tiny little molecules floating in something that we call space and galaxies and light years and whatever and life is pointless life is not pointless we belong he has claimed us as his own and he is he just he claimed us as his own period why wouldn't you run home to that because in him you belong in the world you're never going to belong because the world is constantly changing so that you feel like you have to change so that you can feel like you're adequate and that's something i'm struggling with constantly moving and not being still i love constantly moving I've had quarantine for me was a period of rest and I rested for months just by myself and now it's to me it's social time and going and doing and being and you know this sounds bad but like being a teenager does that make sense living and not just existing and it's very interesting for me to see how in different stages my friends are you know reacting to my stage in life because I tend to be very antisocial I hang out with the same six that's generous six people and I mean I'm I'll say hi to you and I'll be nice and I, I obviously see people throughout my day but I consistently hang out with the same six seven eight maybe eight people and I if not I'm in my room and I am 
on TikTok more than I should be, or I am on the phone with one of my friends at a distance, and, you know, I don't really know where I was going with that. I forgot my train of thought, but... Yeah, wait, 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 I remember now. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. But even in that, you know, it's interesting to see how we go together, me and my friends, because some of them are kind of just worn down from going and going and going and not being still. Because we're taught that we have to constantly move and we have to constantly keep out an eye for our competition and we have to be one step ahead and we have to have all the accomplishments and we have to constantly be moving so that no one can catch up. You know, it's like running, and there's a bear behind you, and you just have to outrun the person behind you. And that's the mindset we have. We don't take time to be still and rest. God rested on the seventh day. We're giving this, we are given the Sabbath to rest because He knows that we need rest, but yet we still continue to go and do constantly. And that's something I'm very, very guilty of, and that's something I'm trying to get better at. Um, I'm not doing so hot at that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie, but take time to refuel and to spend time with Christ. The Sabbath is meant to refuel with Christ. Love everyone, but don't accept sin. You can show love and you can show kindness and you can show gentleness, but not be accepting of every single thing. Does that make sense? Like, I can love my friend, but I don't have to love every single, single thing that they do. I can love my friend but I don't have to love that she eats coconut ice cream as a very mundane very simple very topical example take it as far as you will but we are called to love but we are also called to hate sin I'm not speaking anymore on that take it as you will you can look it up but you can I'm very much backed up on that so just do your research on this. Hold me accountable because I'm 16 and I'm bound to stumble. Um, and I hope that if you do give me a correction, it's in light of um, a positive. Um, I have the word, but you know what I mean. Don't give the devil an opportunity. I was reading a scripture and it, I posted it actually on the Instagram of the podcast. Shameless plug. Go look at it. Uh, it's re I think it's really cool. I try really hard. I do all the graphics and stuff myself, and I draw it all. So if it's really bad, don't tell me, because I, <laughs> I try really hard. And the verse says, Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, and don't give the ebb... Ooh, and don't give the devil an opportunity. Ephesians 4, 26-27. And to me, that always just means to be on your A-game and to be consistently saturated in Christ and to constantly have a biblical lens on everything so that you can't even give the devil an opportunity to make you stumble and make you doubt and make you just fall, right? Don't give the devil an opportunity. Continue to saturate yourself in Christ. Forgiveness. I suck at forgiveness. I have a terrible temper. I keep saying that over and over again, but it's terrible. It's really bad. And I know that. And I've been praying for a long time about patience. And I've been tested. And and I failed. And I've succeeded a little bit. And I'm just taking it day by day, trying to grow obstacle by obstacle, just like the rest of you. And 
I suck at forgiveness because I want to hold on to that grudge and make them feel the way that I felt. Or, or worse, you know, that's just my human nature and as cruel as it sounds, it's probably yours too. Because we're wired for payback. You know, when you're told you get hit, you get to hit the person back. No repercussions. There are, there are repercussions. We were ultimately forgiven. He, Christ, bore our sins. He became our sin for no price at all to us except for a, a, no, it's not even a price. We just are called to follow him. And that's not even burdensome. It's hard. It's not, we aren't promised a fantastic millionaire life or we get to travel or blah 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 whatever you your hearts desire we're promised a fulfilled life a satisfied life beyond any you can compare and isn't that that's good enough that's more than enough yet we just we always reach for more we're selfish but we are called to forgive as he forgave us because we were once like you know the person we have a grudge against we're all imperfect and it's it's okay to be forgiving and sometimes and just not sometimes it's okay to be forgiving and it's okay to be understanding and I'm trying my best to take a breath and take a minute and realize what I'm doing and think and put that biblical lens on but again, day by day, I'm trying to grow. Examine your prayers. Okay, so what are your prayers like? Are they just, God, please give me this. Or, um, please do this for me. Like, please, and then I'll love you forever. All these empty promises. Just treating God like a genie. Are you, what are you, what are you praying to him? Because prayer is a conversation between two people, right? Two things that talk back. And, you know, you're talking to the God of the universe, again, who died for you, pursues you every single day. He also is all-powerful. He created every single thing, and he knows every single thing about you, about creation, about your mom, your grandmother, your stepdad, whatever. How are you talking to him? Realize that he is holy beyond compare and realize that who you're speaking to, speak in reverence because fear of the Lord is healthy. That's it. it no, tenderness isn't a weakness. I suck at this, and which is probably why God brought it to my attention. Tenderness is not a weakness. I always want to be the strongest and the most repaired and the most whatever for my friends and myself and my family. I don't ever want to struggle or stumble or have any sort of vulnerability or be tender towards myself, which is a really big thing. Because if you aren't can't be tender towards yourself and realize that you're going to fail and you need to get back up, then you're not going to do that for anybody else. It's a direct reflection of how you treat yourself and how you see yourself is, you know, how you treat other people. And I tend to be very, very harsh. I am often described as brutally honest and very blunt and I'm just trying my hardest and still failing still maybe every once in a while taking a step forward or to the side dancing you know dancing in the kitchen I love that visual because he is holy and he is good 
but he's also personal. He's a personal God. And tenderness is not a weakness. I need to make a mantra out of that or something or write this on my mirror. And this is the last one. Humility is the soil, the gateway of our tree. Actually, it's not the last one. That was a lie. But it's the last one that I came up with that he directly told me. Humility is the soil, the gateway of virtue. Humbleness. I forget to be humble. I catch myself and I'm braggy because I'm proud of myself. Pride is not a virtue. I don't, because pride gets in the way because we are to deny ourselves and deny everything that we are and that we do, say, think, whatever, and to find ourselves in Christ. Simple. Humility is the soil, the gateway of virtue. And this is, I'm recording this on a Thursday. I'm sorry, I'm a little late. But last Wednesday, my youth minister, he um, he spoke on identity. And that really hit home because it, to me, it's very relevant in my life and relevant to the people around me. And he spoke on Daniel 1, 1 through 7. And these are just some of the notes. Okay, so secular life. Uh, this is something that was just very interesting to me. I thought is so very glamorized. We're told what to be. I'm going back to that. I just wanted to talk on it. You might find this boring. I find it really interesting. Secular life is so glamorized. And if you read the Percy Jackson series or any type of Rick Riordan in that type genre, from Rick Riordan specifically, I don't know how to say his last name. I've never known how to say his last name. There's this thing called the mist, and it's put over the eyes of the normal people. And so all these extravagant, mythological, out-of-the-blue things were seemingly humorous and everyday. So, like, there would be this huge cyclops, and they're having this giant battle, but the mist covers it to, you know your normal person's eye and they just see you know someone their dog is acting up you know and that that really just reminded me of this glamorized secular life because we once we put on this we go past you know quote unquote the mist and we look past all the glamour we see how awful and truly what's going on and all the horribleness beyond the propaganda of the goodness of a secular life. That was really interesting to me. It was a very good comparison. It really just kind of gave a good visual in my to me. Maybe not to you, but it did to me. Um, we have the pressure to compromise. You know, we have pressure to change our thinking. Whose lens are you using? Are you using a biblical lens? Are you using a realistic lens? Are you using you know, a secular lens, a worldly lens. We have pressure to change our living. Our living is how we show Christ. But are your, how are your actions and your, what, how, what are they showing? We can't compromise our holiness to fit in. We are the temple. And the things that we put in, you know, they have an effect on what comes out. That goes for every single thing, everything we see, we hear, we say, we think, everything that we physically put in our bodies, we drink and eat, 
you know, how much we do, how, you know, that has an effect on us. And we can't compromise our holiness to fit in. We are the body of Christ. End of discussion. And, you know, the world throws this identity confusion at us. You know, who are you when your temporary identification is stripped from you? Who are you when, you know, it's not football season anymore? Who are you when it's not cheer season? Who are you when the musical is over? Who are you when you're out of the spotlight? Who are you when you're all alone with yourself? That's scary. Who are you when you're with your thoughts by yourself and you're not busying yourself up and so you can actually look at yourself and you hate it? I hate it. I hate my, I don't like looking at myself. Let me be honest. You know, but I don't just, it's so amazing because he, he is still good. I keep saying that over and over again, because once you realize what that means, that he is good, even when I'm not, it is like, it's so simple and cliche, but he is good and I am not. So think on it, you know, ponder and Something I want to challenge you with is you're led, and then what? So you're led to Christ, and you make this change, right? What do you do? Where is your identity found? Are you still in the season of lukewarmness? Are you still going out? Because just because he's forgiven you doesn't mean that you can continue openly and frequently and just sinning without a care in the world because you're called to hate sin. You're called to completely run away from it and run towards love and goodness and faithfulness and self-control all the fruit of the spirit so you know where does your identity run to once you are saved and right now even if you're not saved where is your identity because let me be honest you can't love yourself until you love christ and you can't love anybody else until you love christ and you can't love period if you don't know Christ because Christ is love and that's what makes the world go around so yeah that's what I'm learning and it may not be like super interesting to you but it's something I wanted to share and maybe you know you picked something up maybe you didn't but I'm glad you're here and you're listening and you made it this far thank you so much for listening it means the absolute world to me please make sure to check out all the podcast socials they're all in the description and if you like what you hear leave a review or a rating i love you all and you'll be hearing from me soon bye